this is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you long? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two before we nursed. Delicious Libertius shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue and Grilling Authority show, live, also recording for podcast. We'll talk about that here in a second. And we're doing it right here from Bomb City, USA, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio, live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And then you can get it at those various podcast platforms at your convenience starting as early as tomorrow morning. Still to come on the show this evening, Chuck Blount from the San Antonio Express News. And then I will be hosting the ever-popular opening uh, open segment where normally I would encourage you to call in. Uh, we would have some interaction, things like this, like Johnny Mac and I did. However, tonight we're going to be going over the most popular sound drops and the evolution of them as to how they are used on the show and where they were also derived from originally. Also, maybe you hear them a different way than they actually play. All will be revealed here a little bit later on. So don't you worry about that and stay tuned. It'll be very exciting and informational all at the same time. That's what we like to do here on the show. Be entertaining, be informational, sometimes together. Maybe not necessarily in that order. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snap Snaps slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for a video feed. Also, one over at YouTube, which is slash RD Rempe. We, of course, are also audibly live on Clubhouse as well, where a cast of thousands are packed into that room, just potentially waiting for a, another impromptu game that uh, John won there in the first hour as we were feverishly waiting for Meathead to join in, but he didn't. You can also get an ad-free podcast feed through two sources directly, patreon.com slash Show, or if you're an Apple Podcast user slash subscriber, find the show, and right there at the top, there's a little banner that you can uh, click on, and you can subscribe to a ad-free podcast feed. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 224, taking you back to September 29th, 2015. And who do we find coming in this week? Matt Frampton, now of Urban Slicer Pizza Works. He was my guest in this episode for a segment, and this is where we actually started talking about pizza between the two of us, mostly doing pizza on the grill. Now, seven years ago, again, this was taking place in 2015. At that time, Matt was still with the competition team Hot Grill on Grill Action. I don't think that he has 
departed or that team is broken up. However, I don't believe that they're competing with any kind of regularity as they were back in 2015, 2014, uh, and years prior to that when I had first met them. Remember Matt and one of the other pitmasters, Logan Hendrickson, were the two that penned the lyrics to the ever-popular Christmas barbecue song, The 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas, that myself and my three daughters sang uh, 12 years ago or whatever it was. If you've never heard it, just tune in uh, the show right before Christmas, and we always replay it at that point. So you have a little bit of uh, time to wait, or if you don't want to wait, you can just go back to that show from 2021 and check it out if you've never heard that show. So anyway, I believe he was still in affiliation with Hot Grill on Grill Action. And really, at that point, learning his craft that, as we know, has eventually evolved into the pizza megastar and expert that he is today. In fact, a small handful of years ago, he became a certified pizziola. Now, you might ask me, what is that? I don't know. But he is a pizziola, or as I call him, because I am continually infatuated with the mid-60s to mid-80s mafia life and all of the five families, the pizziola de pizziolas, which is the pizziola of pizziolas. Uh, It doesn't sound as cool as taking it uh, that Italian to English, because I don't know what the English version of pizziola is. The mob thing or metaphor that I was trying to make is uh, and the uh, family of the five families. Every once in a while, there is a boss of uh, one of those five families that has the respect of all of the other families. And he is the uh, capo de capi, which is the boss of bosses. I believe the last one of any note or prominence was Paul Castellano. Of course, he was gunned down in front of Spark Steakhouse downtown Manhattan by John Gotti and Sammy the Bull and his crew. So if you want to hear all that backstory, find the Sammy the Bull podcast and listen to uh, all of that very entertaining and uh, mind-boggling and, uh, you know, he's a criminal. What can I tell you? Don't support him if you don't like supporting criminals. I just find it mystifying. Not in I wish it was me kind of a way, but uh, just in a in a weird fascination kind of way. Anyway, Uh, So this is one of the handful of folks who have achieved a certifiable level of expertness or expertise as it relates to pizza, that being Matt Frampton, a pizziola. So if you like pizzas and you want to learn how to cook them outside, check out this show coming out Friday and then use the show link in the notes to get the whole show. So listen to the entire segment with Matt. And then there's at least two, potentially three other guests within that whole show that might not have anything to do with pizza, by the way, just entertaining. Remember, if you're new to the show, the show's been around live since 20, uh, 20, since 2008 and two years before that as a podcast. So if you're just coming in even three or four or five years ago, there's a host of other shows in the back catalog. By the way, I forgot to mention this last week or the week before. If you subscribe to the show on any podcast platform, you might have noticed that the entire backlog of the show now going back to, I think, 2010 was the farthest I could pull back. So there's still four years of shows out of it, but there's something like over a thousand 
shows in the podcast catalog now. There used to be a 300 limit with a host that I was using, and now there's well over a 1,000. If I could add those other four years of shows, I mean, who knows what we'd be at. I'm sure somebody could do the simple math, but I'm a little feeble for that. So well over a 1,000 now in the backlog, so you have plenty to catch up on now. All the way back to 2010, I believe, last time I checked. And don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or a segment again that has been lost in the archives, email John. Let him know you would like to hear a particular segment or rant or guest on a upcoming best of. Send him an email, J-O-N, John, J-O-N, at the thebbqcentralshow.com, and he will do his best to meet your expectation. Upcoming shows over this balance of month of April include... Cal Phelps next week from the National Barbecue News coming on to talk about the purchase of NBBQA, the start of season three of the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition. Yes. <laughs> Jess Pryles will also be in next week. Stephen Reichlin will be in next week as well. We'll also have visits from Derek Riches, the embedded correspondence, and the CEO of Solo Brands, John Maris, will make his show debut as well. All left to go here in the month of April, if you can believe it or not. As we start to wrap up here in the open before we get to Chuck, next segment, I'm wondering from the live fire community that's fairly on social media frequently, fairly frequently, have you anybody else seen this thing called the Arden Smoker? A-R-D-E-N. Arden Smoker. It's an indoor smoking unit. Now, I know a lot of you are all like, oh, give me a break. It's going crazy on the crowdfunding site Indiegogo at the moment. I saw Mad Scientist Barbecue Host. That's a YouTube channel. Jeremy Yoder on one of the videos that this company puts out. He was on it with the builders of this unit. I reached out to him to see if he might come on this show to talk about being around it, his thoughts outside of the video. I'm assuming they paid him to be on there to give his thumbs up approval. I can't confirm that. It's just a speculation on my part. I've also received or I've also reached out to the builder of the unit as well to come on the show, talk about it, but nothing from either party yet, which is a shame, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. Have you seen it? Would you pay 650 bucks in advance pre-build or almost $1,100 retail for an in-the-kitchen smoker? I've been tracking this unit for a number of months now, ever since Colorado Embedded Correspondent Dennis Busso sent it over to me to check out. I believe he said he was actually backing one of those packages, so whenever it actually builds and then ships, which I'm to understand they're shipping now maybe, he'll get one. But who knows if it's actually really going to ship. Anybody heard of the meter? Uh -oh. Anyway, as Dennis keeps me updated, I will keep you updated. And if we can get Jeremy in on the show or one of the folks from First Build or Arden, or maybe they're one and the same, we will get them up on the show. All right, Chuck Blount will be next. I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. Yoder Smokers designs and builds all their products right here in the States, building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built this company. This product and approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style unit that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. 
From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed the cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values, American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Where do you find them? Yodersmokers.com. That's Yodersmokers.com. Take a look and then grab yours today. We're back with first-timer Chuck Blount from San Antonio, no less. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories. Whether you are just a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Texas is a big deal when it comes to barbecue. If you ever question that, just ask Texas. They're happy to tell you all about how big of a deal they are to this industry. To be effective in getting the word out, one must have the proper media channels. And tonight, we broaden the show's scope from being only Texas Monthly based and adding the San Antonio News Express to the mix. We welcome in their food and barbecue writer for the first time. We race to the hotline and welcome in Chuck Blount. Hey, Chuck. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you. I am excited to have you for the first time, Chuck. And interesting fact about you as I am wondering who Chuck is. What do I do? I go to Google and I put in Chuck Blount BBQ. And here are the first few returns as follows. This thing that I just <laughs> talked about uh, before leading into the segment. The Arden Indoor Smoker. Then Kalamazoo Grills. Then Weston Table, which is the seller of O-Fire, which looks to be some kind of an art flame knockoff. And then in the fourth return, Chuck appears offering four DIY barbecue hacks. And uh, my question is, are you like a uh, expert business guy where you're involved with all these other companies ahead of you. And it's just like secretly in the metadata that we're not familiar with. Uh, no, no, I, I, I am, I am a, a, a normal everyday, uh, backyard, uh, cook that, uh, that, that just loves to cook barbecue. I do competition barbecue. I, you know, I, I eat barbecue restaurants all throughout the city and uh, I just kind of became a, a kind of a I just kind of became obsessed with it about like four years ago. Um, when when I was a kid, uh, I used to work in a grocery store and there was this giant piece of meat in the and I would ask the meat cutter like I'm like, this is expired. Like why? I go, we got to get rid of this. And, and, I, and he goes, I go, why doesn't anybody buy this? And this this was in Iowa. I grew up in Iowa. And he goes, well, it's brisket. He goes, nobody knows how to cook it. And so fast forward like to 2000 
and uh, the the girl I was dating, who later became my wife, we, we floated down the uh, river in New Braunfels. And uh, afterwards, she goes, she goes, we're going to go eat brisket. And I'm like, okay, let's let's go do that. Nobody buys and that. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we went and got brisket, and uh, like we got like a pound of. Uh, uh, of mixed brisket, uh, fatty and lean. And, uh, we ate it and I'm like, this is like one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that kind of started the barbecue craze. All right. Uh, so Chuck, but, we're going to do a quick, uh, sound thing here. Uh, the, uh, microphone that you have, can you like whirl it around? So that thing that says road is actually in your face. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, put your mouth right up to that. Okay. All right. And then uh, make sure you're talking just like that. So uh, you got to make sure we're, the, the mic is in the right direction. That thing's a pop screen, so it uh, prevents your P's and B's from blowing through and affecting the microphone. So that's why that thing is loud. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now okay. we're all set there. Um, let's go back to Iowa just for a second to get a, a quick background. Um, you said you had worked at a meat market and uh, nobody in Iowa uh, was buying brisket at that point. So obviously... Uh, Darren Worth wasn't uh, buying all the briskets in Iowa at that point before becoming the most prolific competition cook. Um, you know, what did you grow up around, uh, like food experience wise? Were you around the live fire at all? And then uh, when you went to college, uh, did you get into journalism? Was that the major? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was a journalism major, uh, but I, I I grew up very much on a on a on a farm. So we had like a, a, you know, 125 acre farm, you know, we, we, we raised our own pigs, raised our own cows, uh, you know, we had all sorts of stuff and everything like that. So we had access to really, really a good quality meat and, and, and all, all, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it, it, you know, it, it was a, the, the best way I could, I could describe it. It was a great place to grow up. It was not necessarily a great place to, um, to make a living <laughs> if you can if you can imagine if you can imagine that but uh but no i well you could you can see behind me i uh you know i got the iowa pennant and everything like that went to you know yeah went to the university of iowa and all that and uh went to the journalism school and uh i i started off writing about sports and everything like that and then i moved over into uh food and beverage and mostly barbecue though so you were a journalism major in school? Yes, sir. All right. Yep. Um, in your Twitter description, you list yourself as a barbecue pitmaster. So how do you yes. define barbecue pitmaster? Uh, it, it's a little bit of, a, you know, I've you bring up a good topic in that I, I've, uh, I've heard people talk about that and some of it consider it a little bit of a conceited term. So I'm just say that I'm, I'm a, I'm a barbecue cook, not a, not, not a pit master. And I don't, I don't necessarily know, uh, if I'm a pit master either. Um, but I do, I do do competition barbecue and I do do, um, you know, I mean, I've got an, you know, uh, an avenue to get my workout, my recipes out to the public and everything like that through the express news. And so, uh, and, and I spend a considerable amount of time out in my backyard. I've got, uh, um, I've got nine different cooking devices in my backyard, mm -hmm. which is 
slightly annoying to my wife. Uh, and uh, <laughs> like, why though? Why is that annoying? Just because it's a, it's a sheer volume. I, I think it's the I think it's the volume, and then I think maybe a little bit of the expense and and things <laughs> like that. But uh, um, and and really, I mean, it, in her defense, I mean, do I really need nine? I'm like, I don't know, maybe not. But but uh, <laughs> but uh, why not? But, but hey. You know, yeah. It's not like I'm buying uh, drugs off the street or anything like that. <laughs> right. Or, you know? right. <laughs> That's the argument you want to make to your wife. Honey, I'm not buying, you know, uh, the white dragon from the street corner and like fiending yeah. or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. We're not making meth out right. back. It's barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets to, I mean, she gets to eat it, you know, as well. So, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not selfish or anything like no. that. So it's, yeah. it's selfless, I think. You know what? I, I think you're right. I think I think it's a very humanitarian effort, and and, and I'm going to use that as an argument to maybe add an extra device or two. You know, I, I still need a ceramic cooker. I don't have a big green egg or a, a komodo. You know, so maybe maybe, maybe that's my platform. To, oh, a smart man it, once told me, uh, "Don't ask for permission. Instead, beg for forgiveness after you bring it home." <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's good advice. <laughs> Uh, Chuck, the majority of my listeners know about Texas Monthly and what they bring to the Texas barbecue scene, as well as their influence uh, nationally as far as the industry is concerned. So where does the San Antonio Express News fall into the barbecue media talk? Oh, I think, I, 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 I mean, Texas Monthly does a great job. Daniel's Daniel does a great job. There's no questioning about that. Um, at, at all but uh, i i can speak for in san antonio um uh about five years ago we did we started a series that it was uh, 52 weeks of barbecue where we 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 spotlighted a, a different barbecue restaurant every single week and you know wrote them up and gave them a review and everything like that well at that time there were i i, I chalked up a list and there were um i believe there were like 72 barbecue restaurants in san antonio in the san antonio area that included you know the counties that touched bear county in san antonio that list now is it, it exceeds 150 wow. i mean when you when you talk about food trucks and all the other barbecue restaurants that that have opened in uh, it, it's astonishing the amount of growth that there has been. And San Antonio is kind of different in that um, from the South, you have a lot of like mesquite inspired barbecue. And then from the North of San Antonio, you have a lot of like Oak smoked uh, inspired barbecue. So San Antonio is kind of like the dividing line on uh, a huge uh, difference in barbecue mythologies and uh it, it I, it's just it's it's really fascinating to watch i mean every place um puts a little bit of a different spin on it i mean there's no it's it's not like it's not like a lockhart where everybody smokes oak or anything like that but san antonio it's like every time you go to a 
new barbecue joint, you you genuinely don't know what you're going to get until you get your food in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's just a different um, it's just a different mix mash of uh, of stylings and and techniques and everything like that. And um, any given weekend, um, San Antonio, the San Antonio area has some sort of competition barbecue uh, event where you can drive, you know, within 50 miles of your house and, and compete on the weekends for the best brisket ribs, you know, chicken and all that good stuff. So it's really a diverse barbecue community for sure. Is central Texas widely seen as what the classic Texas barbecue is? Has it been overhyped and overpromoted? And there's really much more of an eclectic scene around the state. I mean, Texas obviously is is huge. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would say the classic Texas barbecue is, yeah, probably Central Texas. But um, you know, South Texas doesn't quite get the get the respect that that it probably should deserve, and that I mean, there are so many influences with. South Texas barbecue. I mean, the barbacoa, the, um, you know, the, 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 just, you know, you know, the mesquite wood and, and everything, you know, the, the, even, I mean, you can even argue that, that fajitas have barbecue influences and, and, uh, they're, they're, it's just, it's, it's different, but, but yeah, when you, when, when most people talk about Texas barbecue, they do talk about like that, that central Texas meat market type, you know, uh, origins that, you know, date back, you know, a hundred plus years, uh, you know, f- trying to sell the cuts, you know, uh, you know, what was funny in Texas is you probably already know this is, you know, brisket used to not be the king meat. They used to cook shoulder clot. Yeah. Like that was the big meat that, that, that they always sold it in the meat markets because they, they couldn't sell it otherwise. And it, it's a, a shoulder clot is like this basketball sized piece of beef that like, uh, takes the, the last time I cooked one, I think I took uh, 22 hours on my smoker. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're just these monstrous uh, things, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think Oak smoked uh, Oak, Oak smoked brisket is probably the, what's considered the most Texas barbecue meat that there is. This is a hard question and unfair, which is why I love asking it. Who has the best barbecue in Texas, in your opinion? Oh, boy. If you got to pick one. I'm writing the check, and we're going somewhere tomorrow. Where are we going? Um, we're we're going to go to the Burnt Bean Company in, in Seguin. Yes. And... Uh, and, and, and that's... Uh, that's... that's uh, um, that's owned by uh, Ernest Cervantes and De- David Kirkland. They've got two thousand gallon giant smokers with um, pipes that go all the way up through the roof. Their sides are amazing. They've they've got incredible banana pudding, and the meats are. I mean, you take a bite out of it, and, and it's like, oh my god, like this this is amazing. Uh, Ernest Ernest was a big time competition cook. He, uh, he was on TV. I'm sure you've talked to him at oh, some yeah. point. And, uh, 
that that is by far the the hottest uh, restaurant barbecue restaurant in in my coverage area. Uh, now I, I I want to divulge though. I've never eaten at Franklin's Barbecue. I've never really wanted to stand in line for four hours. Um, but uh, for 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 what I have have done, uh, Burnt Bean Company in Seguin is is number one, it, it, and it's not even a contest for a, me. A number of months ago, you did an article <clears throat> on how or or why banana pudding became the iconic barbecue dessert, and it's funny because I can pass on any side at a barbecue restaurant. I'll go to the barbecue restaurant. I'll get the meats. Here's a list of sides. Who gives a shit? But if they don't have a good or great banana pudding, I will remember that in my overall evaluation and if I recommend it to folks, which seems a little bit hypocritical of me. As far as a lot of people love sides, but I could care less. So school us on how banana pudding became the iconic barbecue dessert. It 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 just it it just became one of those things where uh, you know every everybody had a recipe and it, it was one of those things that you could, you know, bring cold and, and, and just leave it there. And it just blossomed from, from, from there. And, but the, what separates the, uh, what do you call, I mean, I guess you could say that with the wheat, the wheat from the shaft is that people that put their time into a banana pudding versus, you know, just, you know, making it out of a, you know, a jello packet and things like that. It, I mean, it makes a huge difference. I mean, and, and, uh, going, you, you know, just going back to Burt Bean Company, I mean, Ernest, Ernest, uh, his banana pudding, I mean, it like it melted in your mouth and it, and it's like that, I don't know, it cleanses the palate from the barbecue, mm. from the meats and everything like that. And I think it's just the, it's 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 just that dessert that's just made for barbecue. I know now. I know cobblers are popular too, but <laughs> but uh, um, but there's something about banana pudding that that is the perfect finish to just about any meal. I mean, I I I don't know how else to how else to frame it other than that. And, and you know, then whether you use the vanilla wafers or you make your own, you know uh, pastries or whatever to put inside of it, you know, go for it. But, but you put into banana pudding because that is a family type thing that really, uh, is, is a point of pride for sure. Is it an overtop statement for me to say, if you have a really great barbecue meal followed by an incredible banana pudding, there's a chance that might be the first thing that you tell people about, about that barbecue restaurant. The banana pudding is great. Oh yeah, also the barbecue is pretty good too. Yes, absolutely. Although I would feel bad about doing that um, because uh, because it, it's not a slide on your barbecue, but anytime that the that the dessert or the sides uh, um, make more of a representation over the meat. I don't know what to, I don't know what to quite think about that. So, but but yeah, but yeah. If an over the top banana pudding is going to get top billing for sure, for sure. Chuck, I am to understand you're a Howard Stern super fan. Uh, yes, sir. You want to play a game? Uh, if if you want to lose, yes. 
Hey, I don't lose at games. I host games because I'm the host, Chuck. Now, we're going to play Is Chuck a real Howard Stern super fan. I've spent the last couple days digging and digging to the minutia, talking to my secret friends that may or may not work there. No names, please. And now we will see what kind of a super fan that you are. Now, two game shows in successive hours, by the way. But before we do that... Let's learn a little bit about Chuck. Chuck, tell us about yourself. Well, I, 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 I don't know what else I can tell you. Uh, uh, grew up in Iowa, small town, 3,000 people. Went to University of Iowa, graduated in 1998. Uh, went out and worked in Idaho for a little while. Moved to San Antonio in 2000 and uh, been a sports editor and a, uh, and a food writer ever, ever since. And Baba Booey uh, to you all. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Chuck, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to give me the answer. And if you can get three out of five right, you will be the champion of this particular game show that nobody else is going to play. But because you build yourself as a super fan, we're going to put it to the test. Question one. Okay. Who is widely considered to be the king of the whack pack? Beetlejuice. Final answer? Final answer. Beetlejuice, king of the whack pack. Yes? Yes. Yes. All right, very good. Start off a little easy there. Now we build into the next question. Chuck, in 1988. This comedian and voice actor worked alongside Jackie the Jokeman until his departure in 1995. Who is it? Oh, boy. <laughs> voice actor? Yes. And comedian. That's a tough one. And comedian. Until um, 1995. It's not, it's not Artie Lang because Artie Lang went, went longer than that. I know the um, answer, Chuck. Uh, Howard Stern superfan Chuck searching for an answer. Let's have it. Um, nineteen ninety five is when he is when he left the show. Yes. <sighs> Started in eighty eight. Give me an answer. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you got to give me an answer. You can't say you don't know. Uh. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. Final answer. And of course, that's wrong. Any super fan would know it is, of course, Billy West. That's right. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Come super on. fan. Super fan. Here we go. Question number three. True or false, Howard Stern is a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment or the right to bear arms. True. Final, Final answer. answer. Howard Stern, a staunch reporter uh, reporter and supporter of the Second Amendment. Yes. Absolutely. All right, we got two. This one for all the marbles. And you have a backup in case you piss it away. <laughs> what year did Howard Stern go from terrestrial radio to satellite radio? Oh, man. Oh. Dude, that is a tough one. Oh, My fan. Lord. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, answer 2010. 2010. Final answer. 
Is 2010 the year he jumps to satellite from terrestrial? Nope. Uh, 2006. Not that far off. All right. Oh, man. Chuck, wow, we're right long. down here to the last question, which also happened in the first hour with Johnny Max. That, that, was, that was an incredibly difficult question, by the way. That's uh, not fair there, Mr. Greg. I mean, Chuck, uh, I'm not the one who billed myself as a Stern super fan, right? That's right. Now, last <laughs> one. Last one, Chuck, for all the marbles. <laughs> Tan Mom and Randy Barda teamed up to create the release mega hit dance hit Free to Be Me. True or false? Tan Mom and Randy Barda teamed up to create the mega dance hit Free to Be Me. Randy Barta. Uh, Tan Mom would do just about anything. I'm going to say true. Lock it in. Hmm. I fear I've dug too deep here, Chuck. <sighs> you said true. Unfortunately, that's technically false. Uh, wait, technically? Wait, yes, wait. because a super fan would know what. It was not Randy Barda. It was Adam Barda. That, of course, oh. is the way to go. All right. Well, not a super fan that much, I guess. But you did get Beetlejuice as King of the Whack Pack, and that's really all that counts. Uh, you can find Chuck over on the Twitter where he's verified. I can't get verified for some reason, but whatever. You can follow Chuck at Chuck underscore Blount, and you can find him writing in the San Antonio Express News. Chuck, really appreciate the time this evening, and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Greg. Always always a pleasure. You got it. There he is, Chuck Blount from the San Antonio Express News. Am I saying that right? News Express. God damn it. Hold on. News Express. Yeah. Sorry. And from everybody here at the Is Chuck Blount a Howard Stern Superfan game, we wish you an adieu. All right. There you have it. So, uh, once again, we thank Chuck for coming on the show. And learning about him, the background, Iowa guy. You know, what I find interesting, two of the biggest names in barbecue slash restaurant reviewing in Texas are not Texas natives. Iowa and Ohio. How about that for a little game show in the offing? Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyard cooks because it's the easiest way to manage a fire with confidence. However... Getting a two-zone fire and around ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire, also giving you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. They also have a host of accessories 
the Primo Grill, uh, the Primo Grill rotisserie, the pizza grill accessory, the new lift hinge, the half drip pan, the rib rack, and they keep coming. Only sold through dealers. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology, yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities and multiple sizes, yes and yes. If you just have to have a round ceramic cooker, Primo has those as well. But don't do that. Get an oval. Be a man. Or a woman. And break the trend. Get an oval. Now, find a dealer near you by visiting the website primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. And you can also start experiencing what it's like to have a really kick-ass ceramic cooker with a bunch of accessories to complete your Primo experience. Primogrill.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. I just got a message from Nick Bauer while we were talking in the show. Believe it or not, top men in the industry contacting me as the show was happening. No news to pass along. We're back with the sound drops and sound effects origins. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, mentioned last segment, Jarris Pryles, Charles Cridlin. Mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield fresh pork. Quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy and the trusted choice of top cooks for uses at competition and at home. All right, so you might have an interest in this next segment. Why? Because it has to do with the show. And what have we always said? Much like every other successful show anywhere, while we might cover a lot of different topics and have a lot of famous people in the live fire industry and other industries on the show, the main topic of the show is the show itself. And now we break it down even further to give you some background on the show, sound effects, drops, and liners, and images of the show. The most popular ones, there's been many, many, many through the course of the year that have come and gone, but some have found their way into regular rotation and withstood the test of time. So I figured we'd kind of grow, uh, go in show chronological order. Now, if you listen to the beginning of the show right off the bat... You hear some kind of screaming before the we'll do it live, right? So if I go in and pull up this, this is what you hear right at the beginning of the show. Let's go! Right. Well, what is that? In fact, what is that person even saying? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I just so happen to have that right here as I go into my screens to share. Let's make sure we're sharing desktop two and we'll cut on over here. And well, wouldn't you look at here? Let me run it back. You got two gals underneath a pop-up tent. That's a fence right there. That's an outfield. That's softball. That's wow. Got to be five or six or seven years ago. The one closest to you is my middle daughter, Madison. The one farthest with the plaid blanket is Bobby, the oldest one. And uh, what is she saying? 
I'll tell you here in a second. Let me give you the scene setup. Raining torrentially for hours, games delayed. We had enough of it already. So what does she say to the umpire when she feels like he's delaying the start of getting going? She's had enough, and she has decided to say, start the game. Let's go. See if you can check it this time. Start the game. Let's go. She had enough of it. Start the game. Let's go. It was an iconic sound drop as it happened in Columbus, Ohio, no less. That's where we were. And I said, you know what? That's going to lead the show from here on out. Start the game. Let's go. That's how we're going to start the show from here on out. That's how it's been for years on end. So that's number one. Now, what's next? Glad you asked. Somebody says something wrong or a wrong answer or it's something that I don't like. I do what's called dropping the hammer. Well, of course, as we're introducing guests and stuff, we have the drum roll. Just the sound effects I found somewhere. But it gives a little cachet leading into interview segments. And then, of course, when I say things I like or after the drum roll or we agree, we have the air horn and cheer crowd. A lot of people hate that, but I love it. Then we have what I call the hammer. The hammer is when you get something wrong or I don't like it or we disagree or whatever the case may be. But it's a buzzer followed by another turn of phrase that you may or may not understand what's being said. This is the sound effect I'm talking about. Now, do you have any idea what they're saying? Let's try it again. This is what's actually happening. The guy saying the words, get that weak stuff out of here. is color analyst for the Cleveland Cavaliers and known as Mr. Cavalier in the Cleveland Cavaliers Hall of Fame, Austin Carr. When a shot is rejected, his key phrase is get that weak stuff out of here. I will show you what exactly it looks like. Made him miss it. That length Listen for it. Hibbert again inside. Oh, it. Slapped by oh. Christian Thompson. That ball will never be the same. Get that weak stuff out of here. That's where that came from. Now, okay, there's plenty of other catchphrases that Austin Carr has, but get that weak stuff, uh, get that weak stuff out of here has lived in infamy on the show for decades. But that's what they're saying. Get that weak stuff out of here. Then we have this one. Uh-oh. 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 Anyone know where that came from? Remember one of the most prolific sprinters in Olympic history and history in general? This guy, Uh-oh. Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis fancied himself a singer. So much of a singer that he decided to sing the national anthem at a NBA All-Star game one year. Anybody ever heard this? It's great. And this is where this sound effect came from. 
Because he got to the rocket. Uh-oh. He said, uh-oh, in the middle of the national anthem. You can't do that. That's bad. That's where that sound effects come from. So whenever something's going bad or you can't believe it, if it's not hammer worthy, it's going to get an uh-oh. That happened in the middle of the national anthem for crying out loud. And then... He said he was going to make up for it later. I'm going to make up for it now. <laughs> no. Anyway, we move on. How about this one? Fat. 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 Anybody know where that came from? Fat. Mike Gundy, football coach of Oklahoma State University years ago, held a press conference with the media, and he took specific issue to the media calling out a specific player and he decided to make that person an example in front of his peers, the media. If you've never seen that, I have already scrubbed in about 30 seconds to weed out some of the lead up. But see if you can mark the fat. Fat. And that article had to have been written by a person that doesn't have a child. And has never had a child that's had their heart broken and come home upset and had to deal with the child when he is upset and kick a person when he's down. Here's all that kid did. He goes to class. He's respectful to the media. He's respectful to the public. And he's a good kid. And he's not a professional athlete. And he doesn't deserve to be kicked when he's down. If you have a child someday, you'll understand how it feels. But you obviously don't have a child. I do. If your child goes down the street and somebody makes fun of him because he dropped a pass in a pickup game or says he's fat what? and he comes home crying to his mom, you fat, or says he's fat, fat, or says he's fat, or says he's fat, says he's fat, fat. That's where it came from. Now look, if you've never seen this particular media blow up, just Google Mike Gundy fat, Mike Gundy media, whatever. You will find it. But that's where fat, fat, fat came from. That's been with the show since the live show inception. Fat. fat. Works great with barbecue. The next one is the big laugh. Now, anybody local here to Cleveland hears this. Uh, they know exactly where it came from. They know what show it came from. It was around here locally, legendary local sketch comedy on Fox 8. Anywhere else would call it hack sketch comedy. 
But Big Chuck and Lil John used to do these shows on the weekend. And there was a normal-sized guy. Uh, then there was a small person, Lil John. And Big Chuck was big because Lil John was legitimately Lil. And they played this sound effect to let you know when it was time to laugh or if it was funny. Because sometimes you, you actually wondered if you've never seen it. For instance, this is what a sketch would look like. Listen for the sound effect. This is high comedy. Highway 480 heading into downtown Cleveland right there. Podcast listeners, go back and check out the video. Here it comes. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly where that came from. And they did it all the time. It's a classic. Let you know when you should be laughing, of course. Now, we move on to perhaps one of the most well-known sound effects and drops on the show. Because if you are not Andrew, you are not a new listener to the show, you know we love this. It works its way into almost every show, sometimes multiple times a show. But do you know where it actually came from? The Maury Povich Show, of course. And this is exactly... What transpired? Uh Oh, by the way, if you're not familiar with uh, Maury's show, this is where a man and a woman show up. They are protesting the paternity of one of potentially many kids that they have with these people. And Maury sets the record straight. So in case you're wondering how this happens, This is what's happening here. The results are in after everybody, the woman is saying, your kids, the uh, father, potential father, uh, uh, the accused father, saying, these are not my kids. The results are in. If you are the father, you're going to get in that child's life? I'm going to take care of if it's mine. Okay. Only if it's mine. Like I said, I'm Uh, not 100. I'm not 5,000 percent. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. When it comes to four-month-old Donye, Andrew, you are not the father. There it is. My man is happy. <laughs> my man is happy. Not my kids. Not my kids. Heyo. I'd be glad to help you. All right. The lady, of course, a little less happy about the whole process <laughs> you know I've talked about it many times on the show it's sensational to watch right it's raw emotion it's crazy but what's happening right in front of us I know I talked about this like a year or two ago but what's happening in this moment Andrew you are not the <laughs> the guys Dancing up and down in jubilation because he is not the father. His thought of these aren't my kids is proven right. And immediately, the mom who thought this guy, Andrew, was the father, 
has obviously been cavorting around as well. Andrew was probably the best option to think that that was the sire of the offspring. But she was wrong. What does that say about her? She's having so many partners, she can't keep track. Andrew was responsible. It's mind-blowing. And the worst part of all is you go from these two kids. In this particular instance, it was two kids that he had an issue with. But one specifically they were calling out on Maury's show. Now these kids have no idea who their father is. No idea. He's happy. He's proven right. She has no idea how many dudes she's sleeping with and how many potential inseminations she's recepted. And these kids have no idea who dad is. It's sad. However, that is not the point. Andrew, you are not. It's a great drop. And it lives on the show. Again, at least once a show. If the word not comes up in conversation, bluntly, that drop is getting played almost guaranteed. Then we have this one. Peace and love. Peace and love. Any idea where this came from? Everybody knows what it sounds like. Look at this guy. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love. Peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace and love, peace and love. Yes, Ringo Starr saying, I'm very busy and I can't sign. I couldn't possibly sign anything. And not only peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love. He threw in a warning you with peace and I'm love. Warning you with peace which and love. Which we use both here on the show from time to time. If I feel like I need to set somebody straight, I will warn them, but I will do it with peace I'm and love. Warning you with peace and love. Or. I'm going to say this with peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and Want to make sure love. that we know we're on the right side of things here as we lead in. What's next? Wow. How about this one? We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Anybody have any idea where this came from? If you have tooled around YouTube for any time in your life, undoubtedly you've either run across it on your own or it's been suggested to you. Uh, the one that I use, this one. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. I actually pieced that together from two or three different portions of the clip that I'm about to play. Uh, that's Bill O'Reilly, now disgraced Fox, uh, sp the spin or whatever he was on because uh, he was uh, found guilty of being sexually inappropriate. But that's Bill O'Reilly. Before he got real famous, he was on a show called Current Affair. And during this particular shot, you hear the do it live. But this is the whole run. It's uh, about a minute and a half. Gives you a unique, uh, unique look into uh, television, uh, both from a live and as they would try to pre-record and exit out of the show. Let me make sure I stop these real quick. This is where it comes from if you've never seen it. Enjoy. <laughs> 
That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Uh, it, whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting. Yeah. Uh, off the camera is the stage producer helping him get through. Okay, but... Okay. This, yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. My man is heated. Like, right out of the bat, he seems so with it, and now he's heated. Okay. Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, it's Sting is going to do, it's a video, Sting video. Okay. What is, for credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? Does anybody know what that means, to play us out? Has anybody heard that before? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... Here we go. I can't do it. Here we go. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! In five, four, three. That's tomorrow and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Watch the, watch the pullout shot here. Boom! Tears the jacket off, goes to pull the earphone thing out. He's had Hello, enough of that, Hello, my name right? is Ashley Cheddar. All Isn't right, that Ashley Cheddar. Classic. If you've never seen it, I highly suggest going and watching that a thousand times. So you can see where I've cut this one up. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! He was so hot and then banged. Got his cool back, exited the show. We're going to listen to a cut of Sting off his new album. Thanks for watching, and we're out. Was able to just pull it right together. That's a professional right there, no doubt. All right, and the last, okay, so we got that. Now, uh, some music, right? Some music on this show. We did Peace and Love. The Chori Pollo song. What's the rule? If anybody ever says Chori Pollo, you hear this song. What is this song? Is it a real song? Yes, it is a real song. This song is from an artist called Talia, T-H-A-L-I-A, and the name of the song is called It's My Party. I took uh, about 13 seconds of this song and looped it into a 15-minute soundbite. So we can talk over the top of it for 15 minutes, just this part. There's lyrics in the real song, there's a chorus, there's verses, all that. But I've made it into the Chori Pollo song, so whenever anybody says Chori Pollo, you always hear this song come up. Talia, it's my party. That's the name of it. And then, maybe you've heard the what I call the love song saxophone. My rib recipe was done to this. You know this one. The one that Makes you want to talk all kinds of sexy talk. The one that can make any segment on this show make it sound like it's get down time with the Mr. or the Mrs. 
or the mister and the missus. Or the mister and the mister, or the missus and the missus. It doesn't matter. It's all love, baby. Yes. This is a real song. It's called Europa. Played by Gato Barbieri. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. YouTube is probably having an aneurysm right now because copyright music is flying left and right. But when you want to set the mood right over the weekend, make sure you hit up your streaming platform and grab Europa by Gato Barbieri. And be like, hey, baby. Let's break out that secret barbecue rub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time. So that's the love song saxophone. What else do we have? You ever heard this bit? (laughs) I know you have. This bite, literal bite, was done on the most recent Mo Kaysan interview. Is that last year now? Where he was taking down some of the local Iowa barbecue joints. He showed up on this show. We was questioning about it. He had a Yeti cooler full of uh, perhaps some kind of whiskey or bourbon stacked with ice. And he was chomping down on that ice right into that microphone. And I caught it. And here's where it lives from now on. Right there. And lastly, I don't know if you're familiar with a guy by the name of Milt Buckner, piano player and an organ player. But uh, when I go to like an impromptu break, if we're not playing the Price is Right song, we are playing a song called Robin's Nest. Now, I know you've heard it, but maybe you didn't know it was a real song or it was an old-timey organ song, but this is the guy that made it, Milt Buckner. Remember this song? Yes. Oh, it's the barbecue Cedric song. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sing over the top of the song. He's playing an organ. Who plays organs anymore anyway? Hey, 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 hey. I'd rather have a guitar or drums or perhaps a harpsichord. But I'm going to play a piano. No, I'm going to play an organ instead. And you'll like it. It's Milt Buckner with Robin's Nest. Uh, Also used when we do giveaways on the show. We have the stupid uh, song and then I say, hey. If you want a chance to win, go ahead and do this. This is the song that's playing underneath. Robin's Nest. Built button right there. And there you have it. All the sound effects. From this show right now. That are playing in some kind of rotation. So, there you have it. From start to finish. The most popular drops, sound effects, and other such nonsense right here on the show. In the history of the show, some of the live show, believe it or not. So if you have any other questions, uh, feel free to email me right in. I'll answer those if possible. 
And now, most importantly, you know what they all say. You don't have to make up the words. Len from the Baseball and Barbecue Podcast thought my daughter Bobby was saying shark attack. She wasn't saying shark attack. She was saying start the game. Let's go. Now we all know. All right, uh, before we get ready to wrap it up, I'll talk to you quickly about Vortic watches. Back in the day, watches were made to be worn in the pocket. After World War II, wrist watches came into vogue, and pocket watches quickly became an afterthought, finding their way into sock drawers and scrap heaps. Quite simply, a tragedy. Enter Vortic Watch Company, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and bridging it to the present day, where wrist watches are finding incredible popularity once again. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is unique and one of a kind. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information. That's VorticWatches.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs injecting butts if you've never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today craig Rimpy. all right welcome back we will just go ahead and vacate the show post haste all the way back in the first hour i would love to say we had a visit with meathead that did not happen now rest assured and rest easy meathead is okay he's not dead he fell asleep. That's right. He slept through the segment. That has not happened in the 13 years we've been doing this. So he must have had a few too many bowls of loudmouth soup laid down, and that was the end of him. However, following up, Meathead's segment, of course, was Dr. Robert Moss, robertfmoss.com. The Q-Sheet just came out. It just hit my inbox. We talked about mayonnaise and how to store mayonnaise. And his new role is a food critic down in Charleston, South Carolina. So if you get the daily news out there, subscribe to that and check out his posts that are upcoming. Second hour, we met Chuck Blount for the first time from the San Antonio Express News. He's the barbecue and food critic out there. Also uh, was a sports writer at one point, And we've also found out he's not a big of a Howard Stern mega fan as he thought he was. And then closing out the show, we learned all about the drop sound effects and other such nonsense that has lived with the show since its beginning, more or less. A big show planned for you next week. It's third Tuesday. So we got Stephen Reichlin. We got Jess Pryles and we have Cal Phelps all locked and loaded. We'll see what happens from there. So how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Doug Scheiding, the Rogue Cookers, Texas Embedded Correspondent. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.